Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 66 of Wrestling Revisited. A little late tonight, but we're going to be on here for the next half hour. 1-724-444-7044. Caller ID number 139926. And welcome. I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. Of course, King NWO Gerard T. Smith was supposed to be joining me here tonight, however, but due to circumstances beyond his control and everything in between, however, he is a little under the weather right now. But tonight, folks... We are back in the saddle once again for what surely should be a very, very good show. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you back in time, if you will, to November 24th, 1983. Well, we did this before, ladies and gentlemen, when we did our very first show, of course, of Starcade 1983. But on this night, however, ladies and gentlemen, the WWF decided to do their own version of Thanksgiving in a big-time way. And, of course, that show, of course, ladies and gentlemen, was held at the legendary Philadelphia Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. With that said, we will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what happened on that particular show and give you our humble opinion. So if you want to give us a call, give us a call right now. We'll be here till about 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, as we will break down the show for you X's and O's. Before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, a quick reminder, of course, coming up this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, a very historical episode in every sense of the word. Ladies and gentlemen, episode number 300, that's right, 300 on Revolution will be heard, however, with the Fastlane Prediction Show. Of course, join Gerard T. Smith, Mr. WCW, Chad Hinshaw, Michelle Lynn Dodds, myself, John Gross, the Human Suplex Machine, the rest of the gang, as we will be talking about what a run it has been these past 300 episodes, and also give you our Fastlane Predictions for the big, exciting event that is coming up this Sunday night on the WWE Network, live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen, at the Bradley Center if you will, as it promises to be a very, very exciting night of action. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you about what happened on this particular show back in 1983. Also, ladies and gentlemen, coming up tonight, we will be telling you about last night's Raw, which was a very interesting night in Green Bay, Wisconsin, if you will. Of course, a lot went down last night in Green Bay, if you will. Of course, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, SmackDown, of course, is being held as we speak right now. Uh, being held live at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota, if you will. And, of course, next Tuesday night, they will be in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Bankers Life Field House, if you will, in the Hoosier State. While next Monday night, of course, the night after Fastlane, if you will, the countdown will continue to 
into WrestleMania, which is less than five weeks away, if you will, as WWE Monday Night Raw will be coming to you live from the Windy City, one of my favorite cities of all time, if you will, Chi-Town. Yes, folks, Chicago, Illinois, and the Allstate Arena. So definitely in the next couple weeks, of course, the WWE is going to be keeping busy as we continue the countdown heading into WrestleMania. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you about what happened here in Philadelphia on this night. Going into the show, ladies and gentlemen, your champions are listed as follows. Bob Backlund has been your world champion since February of 1978 when he beat superstar Billy Graham, of course, for that title in MSG. It would be a month later, of course, that he would have the title after five years as the long-term champion, however, longer than second longest behind Bruno San Martino up to that time, ladies and gentlemen of course, would uh, have his title taken away from him one month later, if you will, on the day after Christmas of 1983. Meanwhile, your IC champion is Don Morocco, the original rock Don Morocco, of course, still battling it out with Superfly Jimmy Snuka at this point, of course, with his legendary manager, if you will, at that time, the great, late, great Captain Louis Albano. And speaking of Captain Louis Albano, of course, ladies and gentlemen, your tag team champions are Alpha and Sika, the Wild Samoans. Your announced team for this one was pretty interesting, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Gorilla Monsoon, of course, was calling the action from ringside along with Dick Graham. Now, Dick Graham, as you know, was a local radio host at the time who was employed by Prison, the TV network that used to showcase all these shows almost monthly and yearly for about three or four years back in the 80s from the legendary Spectrum. Of course, he was also a goofy character who would always yell, Woo! when he would get excited and often provide hilarious remarks. He would also work with guys like Mean Gene Okerlund, Lord Alfred Hayes. But most notably, however, he was always at the hip with Gorilla Monsoon whenever Gorilla Monsoon would make an appearance here in Philadelphia, if you will, since he was so close to the area, if you will, however, coming from New Jersey and everything. As a result, these two, of course, would team up together quite a bit during the 80s, however, and call a lot of great legendary Spectrum shows on television, if you will. Also on this day, however, we also got to see another goofy character by the name of Killer Cal Rubman, who is still with us to this day, doing backstage interviews. So you can only imagine that tonight, however, we're in for a treat here on Thanksgiving night, 1983. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you about the opening matchup of tonight's action. The Frenchman, Rene Goulet, however, taking on Tony Gurria. Yes, folks, Tony Gurria at one time, of course, was always a staple in the opening matches from 1983 through 1986, and at the time was also a former five-time former WWWF slash WWF tag team champion, however. As a result, however, he would be taking on the number one arrogant Frenchman, Rene Goulet, here in the opening matchup here on this particular show. Now, prior to announcing the show, of course, ring announcer Mel Phillips announced that due to an injury, nature boy Buddy Rogers, yes, folks, Buddy Rogers, however, will not be able to compete tonight after what had happened the previous Monday. As a result, however, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, who was supposed to take on the magnificent one, Don Morocco, and his partner, uh, Captain Louis Albano, will now have a new partner. And that partner, of course, will be revealed later on in the show. Anyway, with that said, here's what happened here in the opening matchup of the night. 
The end came when Goulet applied his claw hold, simply called the Scorpion for about five minutes before Gurria was able to escape. Afterwards, he then threw Gurria into the ropes in an attempt to try the claw a second time, but this time Gurria would hit the crossbody for a surprise three count and the upset win over Goulet. A quick side note, of course, Goulet also at one time, however, was managed by the late great fashion plate of wrestling classy Freddie Blassie, but on this night, of course, Blassie was nowhere to be seen, at least here in the opening contest here at the Spectrum. As a result, Tony Gurria won here in about 11 minutes even, however, with the running cross body. All told, not a bad match, a pretty good way to start out the show, and it definitely got the crowd talking and buzzing, if you will, here in the Spectrum. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, of course, it was Charlie Fulton taking on the Tonga Kid. Yes, folks, Charlie Fulton, of course, who was also a longtime preliminary wrestler who would used to do jobs on their syndicate shows like the All-American Wrestling Hour and Wrestling Challenge, if you will, of course, was another 80s guy, however, who back in the day, of course, did a lot of preliminary jobs like Tony Gurria, like Rene Goulet, like Steve Lombardi, among others, if you will. Meanwhile, however, the Tonga Kid, however, was the youngest wrestler to main event Madison Square Garden when he would do so, or should I say semi-main event Madison Square Garden, if you will, one year later at the age of 19. 19, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, as a result, however, he had tons of potential at this point, however, but afterwards, however, started to no-show before jumping to Pro Wrestling USA. He would later resurface, however, as one half of the Islanders with his partner, Tama, a.k.a. the Monster Ming, who we would know later on in WCW. Meanwhile, tonight, however, the Tonga Kid is making his Spectrum debut here and handling your ring announcing this time, however, inside of the ring, however, is not Mel Phelps, but David Zinkoff. Yes, folks, David Zinkoff. Of course, David Zinkoff used to do the announcing back in the day for the Philadelphia 76ers, so you can only imagine what he's going to be doing here, however, in this matchup. As a result, the matchup went seven minutes even, and in the end came, however, when Tonga leapfrogged Charlie Fulton and then laid down, however, while pulling Fulton down by the legs for a quick three count and picking up the surprise win. Uh, my thoughts about this match, it was okay. I mean, it could have been better. I really wasn't entertained by this, if you ask me. However, I was excited to watch Tonga Kid later on down the road, however, uh, do his thing. Of course, at the time, he got into a big, heavy feud later on in late 83 into early 84, along with Superfly Jimmy Schnookahauer with the late great hot rod Roddy Piper. As a result, we would see him, referring to the Tonga Kid and Piper, do quite a battle with each other, however, the following year, if you will, in Madison Square Garden, if you will. Of course, back in the day, WWE used to do a lot of their syndicated shows, like at the Garden, the Spectrum, the Capitol Center, the Boston Garden, the Civic Arena, among other buildings, if you will. And it's a shame some of these buildings are no longer around or not even in use anymore. Because back in the day, I used to watch all these shows back on television, however, and I was always a fan of uh, the weekly shows. However, whenever they would show great action from places like I mentioned, uh, the Spectrum, Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, Boston Garden, MSG, uh, the Meadowlands, the Civic Arena, the Spectrum, I was always excited, to say the least. And on this night, however... You can totally tell I was very pumped, to say the least. But uh, overall, in this matchup, it could have been better, if you ask me. And overall, it should have ended a little bit better. 
Uh, before we get into our next match, ladies and gentlemen, a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, coming up tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, at 6.30 p.m., join us for our triple header win to be in at 6.30 p.m. with Outside the Roast, Mr. WCW Chad Hinch and myself. We'll be back on the air talking about the Oscars and other news pertaining to non-wrestling. The caller ID is 141387. Then at 8 o'clock, join Gerard and myself along with Michelle, however, uh, Lynn Dodds, the first lady of wrestling and one half of the best six women person tag team duo here on the Mothership Network, if you will, however, with Wrestling Debate. The caller ID is 139925-POUND. And then at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in store with Revolution once again with another exciting show, 138055-POUND. And, of course, we'll be talking about tonight's SmackDown coming up tomorrow night as well as 205 Live, if you will, coming up tomorrow night. So definitely, folks, it is shaping up to be one exciting week to say the least. And also, ladies and gentlemen, a quick reminder, this Thursday night, join us for our Double Dose Thursday starting at 7 p.m. with King NWO, myself, and Michelle Lindotz again on Top Peel Inc., 140562. Our Thursday show kicks off with a bang. And then at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, join the howlingly exciting crazy, wild, out-of-control Wolfpack radio show. The caller ID is 138521-POUND. So definitely this week is shaping up to be a good week in more ways than one. So definitely stand by, guys. Besides this show here tonight that you're hearing right now, we're going to have a pretty good show for you coming up here in just a little bit on Revolution. Of course, we'll be talking about the aftermath from last night's Monday Night Raw, as we mentioned, and who knows what else we'll be discussing tonight. And that'll be getting underway in just a little while. But in the meantime, let's give you the number here again, 1-724-444-7044. This is episode number 66 here on February 28, 2017. I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. And ladies and gentlemen, just a quick reminder, this coming next Monday, beginning at 4 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, unless prior commitments uh, uh, comes up, power, we will have a very special guest in the Raw Radio studio uh, coming up next Monday afternoon as John Gross, myself, the Human Suplex Machine, Sheldon Dodds, to R.T. Smith, Mr. W. Chad Hinch on the rest of the gang that always stop by and give us their opinions and thoughts. However, we will have a very special guest on our show. However, that is going to be very exciting to say the least. And of course, we will be welcoming hopefully next Monday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, or this Monday afternoon coming up, not um, yesterday afternoon, but next Monday afternoon with caller ID at 138744 pound, we will have legendary former WCW manager. The great Sonny Ono. Yes, folks, Sonny Ono will be our very special guest in studio, however, next Monday afternoon. So, folks, if you're looking for asking questions here and wanting to talk to Mr. Ono, be sure to check us out here on TalkShoe.com. The caller ID is 138744-POUND. Of course, we've already given you the number, which is 1724-444-7444. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to try to get by these very quickly if we can. So with that said, let's tell you about our next match, ladies and gentlemen. Our third match of the night, ladies and gentlemen, of course, was another unique match. It was the uh, butcher, Paul Fashon, if you will, taking on hometown hero, Special Delivery Jones. Again, another guy who back in the day, of course, uh, was uh, one of those jobbers that we saw a lot on television at the time. SD Jones, of course, as you know, being in his hometown after um, not fighting the month before, however, in Philadelphia, was back in action here tonight against the Butcher. As a result, the Butcher was lining his career down a little bit at this point, however, mind you. And as a result, this only went five minutes and change. As a result, however, the end came when Jones got back to his feet, however, and hit Fasson with a big body slam, followed by a couple of headbutts, and that's all. That was over here in this one. This match went five minutes and seven seconds, even with SD Jones picking up the win by headbutt. Uh, Overall, again, not a great match, not a real entertaining match for the most part. I thought it could have been better if you ask me. Uh, But overall, it is what it is. 
So uh, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I thought of our third match of the evening. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, is one of our feature early matches of the evening, however, mind you. And this one I was really stoked for, to say the least, considering I had seen the match prior to uh, um, the encounter, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And i got to say, this matchup definitely uh, excited me, to say the least, however. And with that said, here's what our next match was, ladies and gentlemen, here at the Spectrum. It was Sergeant Slar, yes, folks, Sergeant Slar, of course, taking on Mr. USA, Tony Adams. The Sarge, of course, only one month before had been in a very brutal match with uh, world's champion Bob Backlund, and prior to that had lost his legendary manager, the great Arnold, uh, excuse me, not Arnold, uh, Ernie Roth, if you will, a.k.a. the Grand Wizard, while Mr. USA, Tony Atlas, however, who was looking buff and trim at this point and just a few months away from uh, winning the WF Tag Team titles, of course, with his partner, uh, the soul man himself, Rocky Johnson, would be taking on uh, the Sarge here on this night. Uh, at one point, of course, the Sarge heard a lot of the fans start yelling out, Gomer, 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 which the Sarge wasn't real happy about at this time. As a result, however, mind you, however, uh, Graham did make a comment during this that was kind of funny, if you will, saying that Atlas is uh, telling the Sarge tonight, Hey man, hey there Turkey, this is the time of the year for you, I'm going to pluck you apart. Uh, pretty funny remarks by Dick Graham, to say the least. Stephen Guerrero Monsoon got a big chuckle out of this, mind you. Uh, as a result, the end came when Atlas grabbed the Sarge's legs and pulled himself out of the ring. The two brawled outside the ring continuously, however, and finally, neither man made it back into the ring in time. As a result, this went 16 minutes even and ended in a double countout. Uh, my thoughts about this match, this was a pretty good match. Uh, Sarge, of course, is a heel around this time. I really liked his attitude, especially when he was with the Grand Wizard. And even after the Grand Wizard passed on, I thought he was pretty good at Of course, he would change his attitude a few months later into a face character, be G.I. Joe for a long time before going back to a heel for a brief time in the early 90s and then going back to a face character once again. But around this time, I thought Sarge was one of the better heels in the company. I mean, he really uh, played the role well. And uh, he really gave it to the fans all the time, no matter what. And it just seemed like no matter what, how it seemed like he uh, had a way to uh, piss off the fans, if you will, and really get them worked up. Uh, I always liked his work, and it's a shame because I think, uh, like I said, with some of these shows however, that were back in the day, like Madison Square Garden, The Spectrum, and that you could put these on DVD or on tape, however, for the fans to go back and watch here on YouTube or on WWE Network, if you will. I know most people... Uh, have done that in the past. However, I know recently, about three or four years ago, WWE, excuse me, WWE came out with the best of Madison Square Garden DVD with some of their moments over the years. And I have to say, it was one of the better DVDs I've watched. But as far as the other buildings go, like the Spectrum, the Capitol Center, the Maple Leaf Gardens, the Pacific Arena, and others, uh, it's just a shame because they could do so much more by putting them out on DVD rather than the one arena that they did back in the day. But nevertheless, this was a pretty good matchup, to say the least, and it was very entertaining, to say the least. Uh, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our next match here, our fifth match of the evening, and here's what we got. It is the Magnificent Morocco. Yes, folks, the Magnificent Morocco. <laughs> Morocco, if you will. And his partner, Captain Louis Albano, taking on the Superfly, Jimmy Schnooker, and his partner, none other than the Golden Boy himself, Arnold Skolin, yes, folks, Arnold Skolin, who at the time was 58 years old and managing the world's champion Bobby Backlund, of course, would be in action here for the first of two times on this evening. 
As a result, of course, a loud beach bum chant broke out in the arena and, of course, gave Morocco a ton of heat, to say the least. Uh, Skolin, of course, wasn't too bad at this point. I mean, he could have been a little bit better, if you ask me, as far as his look goes, but it is what it is. Anyway, this goes about 11 to 13 minutes even. The end came when uh, Albano and Morocco, of course, tried in double-team snooker. Albano then ended up nailing uh, his own man at the time. Scolding them would fend off the captain, and from there, Snooker would hit a crossbody from the top rope on Morocco for the three count and pick up the win. One, two, three. Your winners in 13 minutes, however, Scolding and uh, Snooker. Uh, this was a pretty good match, I gotta say. I mean, you talk about a pretty good feud in the latter part of 1983 that was very entertaining on television and in the arenas around the country. Uh, this was it. I mean, you have to go back only a month before at MSG, what had happened in the infamous steel cage match between Morocco and Schnucka, which was very brutal. Then, of course, you saw what had happened a few days later at Philadelphia at the Spectrum uh, during the latter part of October, of, if you will. Uh, this time, however, one month later, however, and almost six weeks after the incident in the Garden, which many people say is one of the most uh, surreal incidents in history, however, uh, which Tommy Dreamer, Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley all attended that show, along with uh, a young Mick Foley, if you will, that night at the Garden. Uh, on this night, of course, uh, the feud would continue to emanate between Morocco and Schnucker. Of course, they would finally wrap up their feud in early 1984, however, and as a result, Morocco then would get into a high-profile feud with uh, Tito Santana, who would be on the show here later on in the evening. Of course, we'll tell you what he did here in just a little bit. Uh, as a result, he would win the title from Santana, of course, uh, or Santana would win the title from Morocco a few months after this. Uh, but overall, this was a pretty good match, and uh, for what it was, it was very entertaining to say. So again, it was one of the better matches of the evening. Speaking of Rocky Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to our next match, of course, Bob Bradley taking on Rocky Johnson. As a result, uh, the end came when Rocky Johnson won by roll-up in less than four, four and a quarter minutes. Of course, Rocky would then team up with Tony Atlas a few months after this, and together they would win the WWF Tag Team titles, if you will, from uh, the uh, Samoans, Offensica, if you will. Of course, uh, as a result, Rocky had just uh, feud with Morocco as well as uh, Superfly around this time, if you will, however. And as a result, along with uh, Superfly, would try to win the IC belt away from Morocco, but would come unsuccessful. But unfortunately, he would win the tag team titles just a short time after this with Tony Atlas. Uh, this match was, well, one of the boring ones of the evening. It wasn't entertaining, if you ask me. So uh, that being said, that's what I thought. And as far as Bob Bradley goes, well, he was a preliminary guy at this time, similar to Charlie Fulton, only a little bit bigger, but still, it was okay for what it was, but it wasn't really exciting. Uh, next, ladies and gentlemen, we go to our seventh match of the evening, which was Bob Backlund taking on the Iron Sheik, which was coming to the ring with classy Freddie Blassie. Of course, Arnold Skolin, of course, ladies and gentlemen, would lead his man out there to the ring. As a result, Backlund would win the matchup power by backslide in 17 minutes. However, one month later, however, uh, Backlund would be attacked by the Iron Sheik, and less than two days after that, however, would be forced to give up the WAF World's title, of course, to the Sheik, however, after uh, Backlund had held for close to five years. As a result, uh, this match was all right between each other, but it wasn't one of their better matches, I thought. I thought the matchup that they had had uh, at the Garden less than a month later after this particular venue uh, in December of 1983 was better. 
Uh, overall, however, I didn't think it was all that great. If you ask me, it was kind of okay, but uh, obviously the crowd wasn't really entertained by this. But of course, they would uh, find out less than three weeks later, however, that uh, there would be a rematch in the works as Sheik would use his rematch clause, if you will, and demand one final opportunity against Backlund, if you will. As a result, uh, after attacking him with his set of Persian clubs, Backlund's arm uh, was so uh, bruised and sore and just severely. Uh, covered with welts and bruises. However, uh, his own man and manager, uh, Arnie Skolan, told him not to go in the ring against the Sheik uh, the day after Christmas. However, after uh, being attacked on national TV with those Persian clubs, went back with the fight authority and the rules, if you will, and told him he had to prove something to everyone and to his manager that the Sheik was nothing but a fraud. As a result, of course, we saw what happened that night, the day after Christmas in 1983, one month after this, however, and that was when the Sheik won the title with Fred Blassie by making him tap out, or should I say, giving up to the camel clutch after Arnold Skolin threw in the towel, if you will, costing this man the world title. Now, shortly after that, of course, the Sheik, of course, proclaimed himself the greatest world champion ever, since maybe ever, for that matter. But it would be less than a month after this, of course, that Sheik would be forced to give up the title. However, when Hulk Hogan, of all people, yes, folks, the Hulkster, returned to the WWF after being uh, kept in the old AWA association for a few years, however, I demanded that uh, he was coming back for a purpose and uh, standing up for the red, white, and blue in America, if you will, and uh, being by his new friend and buddy, if you will, the guy who three years before this, however, had actually faced the uh, Hulkster in the spectrum in the same building, however, at a house show in May of 1980, a very good match, of course, that was referring to Bobby Backlund. Of course, Bob Backlund would then, uh, less than a year after this, of course, would uh, wrap up his six-year career with the WWE, if you will, and be out of wrestling for the next 10 or 15 years, if you will, because of uh, differences between him and Vince McMahon, if you will. But nevertheless, uh, this was an okay match, like I said. It could have been a little bit better, but uh, that being said, that's what I thought of this matchup between Backlund and The Sheik. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, up next, however, is our eighth match of the evening. Big John Studd taking on Tito Santana. Of course, Studd at the time was in and out of the company for years, winning the tag straps, uh, mind you, as one half of the executioners with the late great Killer Kowalski, however. And then, of course, he would go on to feud with Andre the Giant. Meanwhile, however, Tito Santana, of course, would win the title, as we mentioned, in February of the following year, 1984, and then start to get into a high-profile feud, not just with Morocco, but later on in 1984 with Greg the Hammer Valentine, who would take away Santana's strap, if you will, in the fall of 1984, less than a year later. Uh, anyway, that being said, this went seven minutes and change. As a result, the end came when Santana won by countout, however, beating Big John Studd. Um, at the time, I thought this matchup could have been, again, a little bit better. I wasn't really entertained by this, if you ask me, even though Big John Stubb was a big guy in his own right, standing six foot nine, six foot eight and a half, about 350, 360 in weight. Santana, of course, 6'3", 6'2", about 235, 240 from Tukula, Mexico. Uh, that being said, very interesting matchup to say this, but again, I just thought this one could have been a little bit better. Uh, so there you go. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, is our semi-main event of the evening. Tower. So we're going to try to get through these very, very quickly and wrap it up here. Uh, it was the duo of Iron Mike Sharp, however, and Mr. Fuji. Yes, folks, two guys who we lost within the last year and a half to two years, two great legends. The former man known as the Devious One, Mr. Fuji, teaming up with the man who is always called Canada's greatest athlete or wimp, whatever you want to call him, 
Iron Mike Sharp taking on Johnny Rivera and Jose Gonzalez. Of course, Jose and Gonzalez and Rivera were known as the Invaders. Uh, Gonzalez, of course, has some history of his own. Lay Zone being uh, the one man that back in 1988 uh, did the unthinkable, however, by uh, basically stabbing Bruiser Brody, the late great Bruiser Brody, to death, however, in a shower stall with a knife at the age of 31. Of course, we lost Brody. He was never tried for manslaughter or murder, if you will, and as a result, never spent a time in jail except for a brief time, how a couple months, if you will, and was never basically brought to trial on the premise of Bruiser Brody. Uh, in the incident with Boozer Brody. Uh, as a result, this went five and a quarter minutes, however, and as a result, the Invaders won. However, when the game, when the second Invader, I'm not sure which one it was, I couldn't tell which one was which, jumped in the ring and started attacking Fuji and Sharp. While the referee was making Fuji go back into his corner, the second Invader, Sunset, flipped Sharp and got the three count, uh, mind you. Uh, that being said, this was okay, but again, it just wasn't really exciting, however, to say the least. And again, I just really wasn't entertained by this. But uh, but Sharp and Fuji teaming up together, of course, this was all right. Of course, Fuji would also team up with guys back in the day before getting and managing uh, services with guys like Professor Toro Tanaka, Kim Duk, better known to you all as Tiger Chung Lee. Uh, Mark Sharp, Mike Sharp was a brief tag team partner of his. And also uh, a couple other guys, including, I believe, uh, Johnny Rods, the unpredictable Johnny Rods, who, of course, would uh, train guys back in the day, like later on in his career, after getting out wrestling with guys like Tommy Dreamer, uh, Devon and Bubba Ray Dudley, Taz, if you will, among others. So uh, that being said, it was what it is. So uh, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I thought of the matchup here. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our main event, our 10th and final main event of the night. It was Pat Patterson. Yes, folks, Pat Patterson, ladies and gentlemen, the first ever IC champion taking on a man who we lost just a week and a half, two weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen, the late great Russian bear, Ivan Koloff. Of course, Koloff, of course, had come back to the WWE uh, for a brief spell, however, in the early part of the spring of 1983. And, of course, less than a year later, he would find himself back in uh, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, if you will, a.k.a. the National Wrestling Alliance, if you will, uh, competing at the granddaddy of them all, Starcade, if you will. On this night, of course, he would be competing against Pat Patterson. At the time, Patterson and Koloff had gone into a feud with each other throughout the summer of 1983 into the fall of 83. And as a result, Koloff uh, wanted to settle this one way or another. As a result, however, uh, Patterson at this time was standing up for uh, not only the U.S. of A., but also his own country of Canada, as he was tired of Koloff uh, bad-mouthing both the U.S. and Canada and had gone into a little bit of a skirmish with him, however, on a couple of the syndicated shows, if you will, and as a result, these two settled their differences here on this night. And as a result, the end came when Patterson basically uh, shoved the official out of the way when he tried to intervene, however, mind you. And at one point, however, he also split uh, Koloff's head open after hitting him with a steel chair across the head, uh, as a result, he continued to pummel Koloff into a bloody mess before the match ended. However, this uh, was uh, very interesting, to say the least. This is what closed out the show here on this night, uh, as Patterson would win in five and a half minutes. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Uh, November 24th, 1983. I mean, a very exciting night, to say the least. Of course, uh, as we all know, down in Greensboro, North Carolina, the home of Mr. WCWS himself, Chad Hinshaw, you had the granddaddy of them all, Starcade at the legendary Greensboro Coliseum, where you had some great bouts, including Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine. 
Uh, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood talking, taking on Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Uh, the Assassin, one and two, taking on Rufus R. Jones and Bugsy McGraw, Rick, or excuse me, not, uh, and, uh, Buzz, Buzz McGraw, if you will. And of course, a great main event, uh, probably one of the best, uh, matches ever in Starcade history, however, with Ric Flair and Harley Race, where in Philadelphia, however, they were having their, uh, Thanksgiving night, you had matches such as, uh, Tony Guerrero versus Rene Goulet, uh, Sergeant Sar versus Tony Atlas, uh, you had uh, Bob Backlund versus the Iron Sheik. You also had uh, the Magnificent Morocco and Captain Lou versus Jimmy Snuka and Arnold Skolin. And, of course, you had that brutal, uh, very short main event, if you will, even though it didn't go very long, uh, in one of his final uh, in-ring appearances as a wrestler, however, before turning himself over and getting out of the wrestling uh, ring altogether and taking up a role as an agent later on as a stooge. The very first ever IC champion ever of all time in WWF history, uh, Mr. Pat Patterson, taking on the late great Russian Bear, who he lost just a few weeks ago, sadly, of liver disease, in one of his final appearances with the company, uh, Ivan Koloff. Of course, Ivan Koloff would leave the company in late 1983 early 1984, and by the spring of 84 would be making his trademark uh, signature uh, heelish run as a member of the Koloff family with uh, Nikita Koloff and the... A uh, very unique uh, Crusher Crucif, if you will, a.k.a. Barry Darso. Uh, overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, however, and as, and as far as best and worst matches of the night, I'm going to tell you real quick before we wrap it up here. Uh, my favorite match of the night, I would have to say, was probably the uh, tag team matchup involving Morocco and Albano versus Skola and Schnooka. Uh Tying that, I would have to say Sergeant Tony Atlas was pretty good. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Uh, the really lackluster matches that I really wasn't entertained by, I would have to say the Tonga Kid matchup wasn't really entertaining to me. I thought that one could have been better, and I thought also the main event could have been better. So there you have it, folks. That's just my opinion. I'm going to stand by it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, as we said, we're kind of pressed for time here, so we're very sorry we got to get off the air here shortly. Uh, we do want to thank you all for listening in for this very short, very brief uh, late edition of Wrestling uh, Revisited. Of course, tomorrow night, we ho- or not tomorrow night, next week, we hope to have King NWO Gerard T. Smith join us uh, next Tuesday night as he will be back in the South with us. He's been under the weather as of late, however, but hopefully he'll be back with us again, ladies and gentlemen, coming up uh, next week, however, here on Wrestling Revisited, and also here tonight on uh, Wrestling Revolution. Uh, as we take you out tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play for you, however, uh, a very unique song, if you will, a quick song, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is, uh, like I said, another uh, very uh, very unique theme, uh, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to tell you about it right now, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to take you out for the night. We're going to see you in the ring next time. However, uh, we hope you have a good night, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, stand by, folks. Uh, we're just getting revolution started here in just a little bit. Uh, so reporting live from ringside, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Iceman, Jerry DeJohn, saying so long, and we'll catch you on the flip side, everyone. Have a good night, everyone, and we'll catch you soon. Good night, everyone.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.